Welcome to the Rockman Podcast, the podcast which aims to inspire you to test and further the limits of your resilience through physical challenges. We do this by talking to individuals with incredible stories of endurance and discussing the powerful benefits that pushing your limits has on your health, well-being and overall quality of life. If you'd like to be notified about new podcast releases, be sure to hit the subscribe button below. And if you take some real value from this podcast, please be sure to give us the thumbs up or leave us a review. I'm Terry Rosman, Rockman founder, and today we are joined by ultra-endurance adventurer and world record holder, Will Renwick. I hope you enjoy. Okay, welcome, Will Renwick, to the Rockman podcast. How are we doing? You okay? Good. Yeah, just about, um, well, it's been a, a good few months now since my challenge. Um, just about recovered, yeah. Yeah, well, it was a big one, wasn't it? Wasn't this, this was the 189 Welsh Peaks? Yeah, every single mountain in Wales in one uh, in one continuous journey. So yeah, no. three weeks, about 20, 23 days, um, carrying all my kit on my back, pretty much nonstop running, apart from sleeping at night. Um, and yeah, as you'd expect, it was pretty brutal. It was a very, very tough challenge. I'm not surprised. I want to dig into that challenge a lot more, actually, because I've got so many questions. But when I read it, I was like, 189 mountains, it, like, how does he do it? How, right, we'll come on to that. But firstly, for the people who don't know at home, in one minute or less, who is Will Renwick? Easy question um, to start with, right? <laughs> right. I'm um, a 31-year-old Welshman, born and raised in Wales, um, spent a bit of an exile in London. And uh, over the last 10 years, I've basically just made it my quest to explore every inch of Wales. So... When I was uh, 19 years old, I walked off as dyke. That gave me a taste of adventure in Wales. Then I walked, then I decided to walk right around Wales from my front door. And then I basically like ticked off all the long distance trails after that. And it led me to walking, well, running, sorry, every single mountain in Wales. I think I probably came in less than a minute there, did I? Yeah, I think so. But I, want, I wasn't timing, but I wouldn't have penalised you anyway if you were. <laughs> but obviously this interest started this interest of sort of exploring i guess or ultra endurance exploring started at a young age so how old were you when this interest started and, and when you look back are you able to sort of pinpoint the the thing that made you different to your peers that made you want to go out and do this well they're probably playing playstation or football you wanted to go out and <laughs> hit the trails that's a, a good question actually i think um like i was born when i was Growing up, we lived out in the countryside and my parents were pretty lax. So they basically gave me free reign of the of all my surroundings. And we were kind of friends with the farmer next door. And um, we, we, we were kind of raised with the understanding that we could just wander through any field we wanted to. I don't know whether the farmer was happy with us doing that, but he never complained. So just all the woods, all the fields was just constantly out and about all the time and um but I, I think I mentioned office dyke and that was the first big adventure I had so it was I was at university and it was in between terms and I was just like a typical student just lazing on the sofa when I got home my mum my was like why don't you just get out and do something fun go on go on an adventure and she she suggested office dyke I'd never heard of it so it's a 186 mile path from South Wales to North Wales right along the border she, she suggested I go and do that and I, I literally had nothing better to do so I just said okay yeah fine bought a map and off I went on the train yeah. she wanted you up the house didn't she <laughs> yeah she did yeah exactly that's exactly it um sorry I've got a border terrier try, trying to get on my lap here throughout this podcast um and uh yeah got on the train to North Wales and spent two weeks walking back down to South Wales and it really opened my eyes to just how incredible Wales is and the the simplicity of adventure like just getting a train coming off not really having any proper kit we had a little tent um it was like a family tent between the two of us completely unnecessary and um <laughs> it was just such a pure and easy adventure to undertake i mean the actual going was tough but there was no planning and no preparation we just got there and went and and that just gave me a taste of the adventures that you can have in Wales and it just went on and on from then really. 
And how long was it until after Offers Dyke until you were like, right, I want to do this again? Was it straight away? We like came back home and started planning the next one? Yeah, so I, I ended up then hearing about something called the Camino de Santiago, which is a pilgrimage across Spain from the uh, eastern side right through to the western coast. And I thought, I, I like the sound of that. So I set off to do that. That took a month and absolutely, absolutely loved it. But while I was on that, I heard about the Wales Coast Path opening up. And I thought to myself, what am I doing? Oh, the dogs are going to pull the tablecloth off the table. Sorry, it's a puppy. We've got questions for him after as well. <laughs> We've only had him for um, a few weeks and he's he's very young and very mischievous. I think he yeah. stopped. Um, yeah, so I, I found out while I was on that walk that, that a, a path around Wales had opened up and I thought, well, I'm going to have to go and do that. I haven't seen my own country. Um, what am I doing in Spain? When I haven't seen the rest of Wales so it's pretty much as soon as I got back I started planning that walk and um, I worked in a pub uh, in my local town to save up the money for it told everyone I was going off backpack I was planning to go off backpacking around South America or something just because I didn't really want to say out loud that I was planning on walking around Wales on a thousand mile journey um, and then kind of yeah, two weeks before I announced, before setting off, I announced to everyone. Um, and then, yeah, on the departure day, just stepped out of my front door and began a 1,034-mile journey around. Yeah, it's around right on Because we were discussing yeah. before um, we came on air, weren't you? You're, you, you're from just a little uh, town down the road from where I live, Cowbridge, right? Yeah, more, more specifically, Clancarvin, just a little village, um, kind of in between Barry and, and Cowbridge. Mm -hmm. um, about five miles from the coast maybe less yeah. so yeah walked to the coast path and off I went and then 63 days later was uh was 63. Back yeah 63 days of pretty much wild camped or camped in campsites actually I, I, I slept out I'd say about 55 of those nights mm -hmm. um I just kept it really simple that's how you could probably already get get the idea I quite like the simplicity of these things and just to keep it straightforward um and just wander and let my body kind of go as far as it feels like it needs to go each day and and put my tent up wherever i feel like at the end of the day how much of this is um adventure for you and how much of this is sort of uh competitive because i know you've got do you, do you still have the record for being the youngest person to actually walk around the coast path I, I held it for an outrageous amount of time because I was 23, I think, when I set off, which isn't that young. You know, you could be younger. Yeah. Um, so I held it for about five years, but someone took it from me um, yeah. a few years back. So no no longer. Um, in terms of it being me being competitive with it, it never was with, with that kind of thing. Like like I kind of was saying, it was it was like a gap year adventure for me. Um mm -hmm just a, a chance to broaden my horizons basically um but then um the whole running thing so the idea to run the length of every single mountain in wales i think there was a slight bit of kind of competitiveness there because obviously it's it's a it's something that's not been done before and was going for a fastest known time mm -hmm. um so there's a bit of competitiveness um and I think I realized that when I was actually on it, um, because I, I, before uh, setting off, I said to my partner, Hannah, if this stops being, I'm doing this for fun. And if it stops being fun, then I'll stop. But it stopped being fun quite early into the challenge and I carried on going. Oh, really? And so there must, there must be that kind of competitive drive within me. And I discovered it on that, on the run of Wales. Yeah. I mean, you you said you weren't even telling people, right? You were going around. Oh no, this that's so that was the that was the mountain one. You didn't tell. Yeah, the, the walk around Wales was. Um, that's yeah. I hadn't told anyone I was going to actually do that until yeah. two weeks before setting off. Um, just because I, I don't think I was sure that I was even going to do it myself. And you know, if you tell someone you're doing it, then you've kind of got to do it. Yeah. Um, but then I just realised no, I want to do this, and off I went. And what what was life? like for you outside of running then what were you doing you said you were in uni at one point um did you have a job or you know how did you get how did you make your money to fund these challenges i've been really lucky because i 
when I went off and did that Wales walk, I blogged about it as I went and, and tweeted a lot. And then when I got back, I moved to London and I got a job at Cop Copswold Outdoors. And while I was at that working in that store, I was just emailing loads of outdoor magazines and telling them about my walk and asking just for work experience. And I managed to get a week's work experience at the Great Outdoors magazine. And just by massive, massive luck, while I was there, the guy who was looking after me, the editorial assistant, announced he was leaving and told the editor, I think this guy should take over from me. So just right place, right time, basically. And so that got me into the world of magazines and outdoor writing. And uh, I've been pretty much in that ever since. So I went from the great outdoors onto Outdoors Magic, which I'm currently the editor of. So, um, yeah, I've kind of, I'm in the unusual situation where I, my hobby and my profession are both in the same arena. Yeah. Whether that's a good thing or a bad thing, I'm not sure. I bet it helps. If you weren't doing these challenges, if you didn't go down this path, what, what do you think you would have ended up doing? I, I had no idea. I had, I had absolutely no idea. And a lot of the early ones that I went on were, were, fit, were, try, were trying to find the time to figure out what I wanted to do. Remember when walking, walking across Spain, I spent that whole 40 days basically just mulling over what the hell kind of career I was going to go down because I, I studied history. What, what, does it, what, what career does that put you into? It can, you can go in all different directions with it. Um, so, yeah, and then the adventures led me straight into my job, which was in adventure. So I've, yeah, I've been really lucky, really, really lucky. Yeah, definitely. Like, and so if we go on to your 189 Welsh Peak Challenge, talk to me a bit about that and how you came up with the idea. The idea actually came from someone else. So I, I'd pretty much run out of trails to walk in Wales. I was trying to think, I wanted to do another, I wanted to see more of Wales. I, I always feel like there's more to see. I can't believe you completed Wales, like 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 a video game, completed, done. Um, you could say that, but I, I haven't. Nothing, no paths have really led me through Ceredigion. Um, more more kind of like, or maybe like the Ceredigion Carmarthen border, which is quite a small pocket, but I've never been there. So, I, in my opinion, I haven't finished Wales. But um, the idea for the challenge, I was um, I was open to ideas for something new to take on and. I just came across a BBC headline, um, two men walk every mountain in Wales. And I clicked on the article and you can see, I just immediately saw the line, the route that they took and just thought that looks amazing. But the problem was they took 33 days to complete that. And I wouldn't be able to, I knew I couldn't take 33 days off work. I'd have to have a sabbatical or something or quit my job. So I thought, well, what if I actually tried to run it? And, um, <laughs> I'd never run any, anything big before. I'd, um, I'd taken part in a couple of 10Ks. I'd, um, I kind of just, I run, I run quite a lot anyway and um, will run whatever distance I can manage until I'm worn out kind of thing. So I, I felt like, do you know what? If I train a little bit here, I could maybe get fit enough, fit enough to at least try it. <clears throat> and um, yeah, I planned gave myself about a year of preparation and um and then when it actually came round to it <laughs> I was grossly unprepared and I knew I hadn't done enough prep but I kind of resigned myself to the fact that how do you prepare for a challenge as big as that um so I just decided to throw myself into it and see see how I how I did so how many miles and what what was the elevation of the the whole challenge and, and how many days was it 23 did you say yeah, it took me 23 days and it's something like maybe 550 miles um, and the total elevation, I can't actually remember, sorry, I think it's it's either 100,000 100, or 150,000. Um, I think it's, I worked out as something like the equivalent of climbing Everest five times over the space of three weeks. Um, yeah. It's pretty taxing. Yeah, I mean, you said like it, early days, um, you realised it was a it was a tough challenge. What what were you starting to feel at that point then? And what day was that? It was the second day. Sorry, I've got a second day. 
trying to bite my um hello <laughs> oh, um, at it, yeah it was the second day um i the first day went really really well i was feeling great it's classic really isn't it everyone mm. has a great day and then the next day they overdo it so yeah it, i'd set off on the second day was running harder than i should because i was so confident after the first day and then i just suddenly felt like a little bit of a tweak in my left knee and i'd had issues with that in the past and that made me panic a little bit so i started putting a lot of pressure on my right leg instead and then my the ligament in my right ankle flared up and um and then the and then the left ankle flared up as well and by the end of the second day i was thinking to myself i'm there is no chance i'm going to get anywhere near to completing this and i started thinking about how far i could basically hobble just to make it look like I'd, I'd made a decent go of things and had at least had a crack at things. Um, and uh, I guess you could say by some miracle, things actually after about four days, things started to heal up and I actually just healed on, on the go. Um, part of that I think was to do with, I rang one of my friends, um, his wife, and she's a physio. And I asked her for advice. I said, look, do you think I can actually carry on with this? And she said, are you, how are you moving on it? Are you trying to power walk? Are you walking on it or are you running? And I said, I basically, because of the injury, I'd been power walking. And she said, well, how about trying to just run again on it? And as soon as I switched back to running, I realized that actually it was, it was far less painful and uh, just felt much more natural. And it, it's just because that power walking movement is so unnatural and there's there's not so much flow to your movement is there so i was just making things worse for myself and as soon as i started running things were great from there so for, yeah. and so after four days yeah i got to the point where i thought i would need to go to make a, to, for it to be like an honor, honorable dropout and i felt great and that was a, the massive massive turning point in the whole challenge for me from day four did, did you ever feel did it ever get tough again what was what was the hardest point throughout the challenge the so the next challenge that came after that was was just how brutal the weather got because i stupidly picked the end of september to to take it on and, and you picked wales yeah <laughs> yeah exactly it was a recipe for for disaster from the very beginning um and in hindsight yeah i would never pick to do it at that time of year again um and the the weather was it was always going to be a challenge the, like you said welsh weather is very unreliable and unforgiving but i i feel like i was very unfortunate with the what i had thrown at me and when i got to snowdonia it's kind of like the that was going to be hard enough getting over the mountains up there but I, I was facing storms day after day and really strong winds. And um, when you're camping at night, that just makes things really, really tricky morale wise. Um, so I'd be, you know, running 25 miles in a day and then climb into my tent, find that, that it's not kind of keeping the rain out, getting soaked in the night, waking up sodden and then having to repeat it all over again. Um, so yeah, there were there were some very very hard moments, and the weather was definitely to blame. Yeah, did did you ever feel lonely on your trip? Because this is self supported, you're on your own, or did you have the support of others around you? And, and if you did, how important was that to get you through? I've I've done most of the stuff I've done alone, and I'm really good in my own company on these kind of things. It, to an extent, I actually enjoy it because it's it's a that kind of headspace that you. Do, you just never get in normal life and, and a lot of people wouldn't have even experienced for themselves so doing these kind of things by yourself over such long periods of time the first couple of days are hard it takes you it takes your mind a while to be able to adjust to being alone and just being with your own thoughts constantly but then like a a switch flicks and and you all of a sudden it's fine and um you don't you don't have any problems with it and you don't dwell on things and just come to enjoy it so but there are there are times when 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 the going gets tough and you want someone else to lean on and someone else to i guess like comfort you basically um 
but that's the the beauty of social media and whatever I, I kind of stay very um socially connected and um the support i got from everyone on twitter and instagram and whatever especially through donations was really really spurred me on uh, there's, there's also the fact that when you do these kind of things alone um and i've certainly found it in wales on everything i've done um you just meet amazing people and have these incredible encounters with strangers and th these kind of small encounters can really change a day and change your your mood and but yeah so many incidents where people just provided these little pick-me-ups for me that made such a massive difference yeah i mean i experienced it myself but you, you must know reese jenkins as well yeah so he actually came out to meet me on the um i think my third day when i was hiding my my limp from, from him <laughs> well, i think that's a good day for him to come out and motivate you to keep moving hopefully oh he definitely it. did yeah, yeah. lovely guy and um really inspirational with what mm. he's done uh his, especially his wales coast path fastest known time yeah so well i support i supported him on that and th there i got to see i got to see the generosity and kindness of the welsh people I, i'm sure it's not exclusive to welsh people i'm sure people across the country are like it but it was it was really great to see it was so nice people were there cheering him on people had come out to see him that had just sort of seen seen his live tracker they did you know they weren't aware who he was and stuff it, it was really great and it, i saw the power it had on him to keep him moving forward i think there's something first of all i think there's definitely something about the welsh um, yeah but but also I think when people come across someone who's doing something different and um, doing something by themselves, generally in a weird way, they're they're more open to talk to you um, and and interested and, and intrigued. I guess it's the intrigue that kind of gets people to chat. Yeah, to you they, in the first place. Yeah, they're probably thinking, why is this nutted? <laughs> yeah, up every that, mountain. It starts a conversation. How what what did you qualify as a peak? How, how tall did the elevation of a rise need to be for it to qualify as a 100 one of the 189 it was um it was the nuttall classification of a mountain so that's everything over 2000 feet um and there's some kind of rule with the prominence as well that um, it's all very confusing and, and quite niche uh, so it was the the nuttall's list which people generally define as a uk mountain so it's either 609.5 meters or 2000 feet and yeah there's a hundred i'm not actually sure how many there are so um i think the people who walked it before me they set out to do 190 mountains but i think at the moment the list is 188 so i'm just saying 189 just because <laughs> so you didn't come off as you went yeah i think i probably did about because there, there are a few that weren't listed on my, a few summits that weren't on my list when I'd done the planning and weren't on websites listed as nuttles, but I kind of just, they weren't so far, too far off my path. So I just kind of went and bagged them anyway, just in case. Yeah. So um, yeah, hopefully I didn't miss any. Hopefully I didn't. Well, I was surprised when I heard there was 189. Cause it, I suppose in most people's heads, they think, oh, well, it's Snowden and Penavan. Maybe Crib Gork as well. Like they think there's only like three or something, but 189, that's a fair few. Yeah, there's some very, very obscure mountains in Wales. Um, you get to the summit and there's nothing there. Most of them have just got kind of, they'll have um, a pile of stones or something, but that pile of stones can raise, can range from something that's five meters high to just a little pile of stone, like three stones on top of each other. Um, yeah. Some yeah, very obscure in the middle of nowhere type places. But that was the beauty of the challenge, get, getting to see these places. You know, the kind of summits that normally I would have absolutely no reason to go to and probably would never see if I hadn't done this challenge. Yeah, totally, actually. That's a good good point. You actually get to see a lot more of a lot, you know, a lot everyone does the trails, don't they? Everyone goes around the edge and does the trails, but no one goes out of their way to go to these peaks that or off the beaten track how do you yeah how do you self-support sorry I, how do you self-support like how, logistically how do you do this what are you packing to go for three weeks on your own and how heavy is your pack like what, what's in it 
Um, so I'm very lucky again with my job that a big part of it is gear testing and reviewing. Um, Griff, drop, don't buy that cable. <laughs> drop. We're going to cut out now. <laughs> yeah, drop, drop, Griff. Sorry, that's all right. Leave it. Um, where, where was I? Sorry, Kit. How do you pack for something like this? Okay, yeah. I so in my in, as part of my job, I test out gear, and um, I was able to kind of curate the exact gear list that I wanted, which was basically stuff that I knew was super light but also reliable. Um, and uh, I was very focused on getting the right balance between comfort in the day and comfort at night. And no matter how much I focused on that, I still don't think I got it right because, because I was halfway between seasons, basically between summer and autumn. So it was just um, very hard to, to get that balance. And I had a, a lot of very uncomfortable nights because of that and a lot of uncomfortable days as well. And yeah, I think my pack weighed, it must have been with, um, without food and water in it, it was probably around about six kilograms. I think for three um, weeks. I mean, how many changes of clothes did you have? Just two, I'd imagine, is it? Yeah, I started with with uh, two changes of clothes, and then by the end of it, I'd got down to literally what I was wearing. Right. Um, so I was just kind of stripping pants and um, and socks as I went because I just realised these socks are always wet. What's the point in trying to dry out my kit and and try and wear clean clothes as clothes as I go I just I got so focused about finishing the whole thing by the end that I was just like I just didn't care about staying clean or whatever um I was just yeah I was I, I it, it had become very minimalist by the end yeah did you did you just want it to be over as you had enough yeah it, it got really hard because Snowdonia was um just such a challenge to finish on and I really debated before setting off whether I would start in, in North Wales and go south or start in South Wales and go north. And the reason I picked going from south to north rather than north to south was because I just figured that if I started with Snowdonia, I probably would just fall at the first hurdle. I think it would probably just break me um, before I could even get anywhere. Um, but it turned out that it just was always this looming thing on my challenge that I was thinking, oh God, it's only going to get worse and worse from here. And it really did get worse and worse. <laughs> right, yeah. yeah, right up until the last day. The 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 last night was the probably the worst of the trip. And I woke up in the morning and I was absolutely freezing. It was gone right to my bones kind of thing. And I I actually was just thinking I cannot get out of this tent there was rain hammering down outside i'd have to climb into my wet t-shirt and whatever i just thought i i just do not want to get out i cannot get out um but i managed to muster muster the strength for it in the end but it was it yeah it was brutal right up until the bitter end the whole thing how do you motivate yourself in those low those low points what what are you what are you going through in your head to to get you to keep putting one foot in front of the other or, or even get out your tent when you don't want to? I think um, one thing that I've noticed really helps me is, is just planning. Like think well, while I'm actually there, while I'm going through these low points, just thinking, right, I'll get my map out and I'll think, right, okay, I've got in five kilometers now, I can get down to this valley. There'll be a shop there or there'll be a pub there. So it's just, it's, it's, I guess it's working to rewards um, and I I like a good pub and all these challenges that I've done in Wales, I, I don't like to pass up a, an opportunity to stop for a pint or something or, or a good pub meal. And it was those kind of things that just really just, just breaking it down into little stages like that where I, I think, right, get to this town because you'll be able to have a good meal and you'll be able to warm yourself up and just stuff like that that keeps going. But there was also one really notable point on the challenge again, right at the start when I was having those injuries where I rang my girlfriend and just said, this is good. This is hard. I, I can't even 
imagine how I'm going to get to North Wales. And she just said, just take it one day at a time, just one, basically take every day as it comes and, mm-hmm. and just see how you go. And, and it was just one day at a time, one day at a time until eventually I just felt like I was getting closer and closer. And, but then it got to a point where it's just, I got so far that I couldn't give up, you know, I just had, had to finish it. Yeah. What's the saying? How do you eat an elephant? It's like with one bite at a time. It's <laughs> something it. like that. I may, I may have butchered it, but it's quite right, isn't it? It's, you, you've got to break it down into these small achievable goals because if you're looking at the grand goal, it's going to intimidate you. you, you you're going to be fed up. It's say if you just you, quite rightly when you if you look at it as 189 mountains, that's quite intimidating. That's overwhelming. But I suppose what you're, you're not even breaking it down per peak. You're breaking it down per kilometer almost aren't you pretty much the next pub (laughs) yeah pretty much yeah sometimes it just got down to really small stages but yeah just it was that moment when I thought about I think I'd done something like 10 mountains something quite small and was thinking how many how many have I got ahead of me I that is how am I going to do that and and that and that set off the panic so yeah you're right it's just setting those small targets did you ever obsess over the numbers I realized that I had I had to eventually because um because I, I felt that if I did miss one, what kind of what would be the point in doing it? That wasn't what I thought about before before doing it. Like I said, I was I set out to, to have fun, but then eventually I kind of just became very driven and focused on on actually the the overall task and um and did obsess with making sure that I reached every mountain. And um, there was one point where everything almost went very, very badly wrong in that I, it was, a, it was, a, it was another day of very wet weather and I had my hood over and rain was blasting my face all day. So I wasn't really paying attention to my, my map or my planning or whatever. I was just kind of just zoned out, just getting the miles in and, um, at the end of the day, I was, I actually treated myself to a hotel room that night and I was in the bath, kind of looking back over everything that I'd done, feeling pretty happy with myself. And then my heart just sank because I saw this summit about 25 miles behind me that I'd missed out. No. And, uh, yeah, it was about, it was about two kilometers off the route that I'd taken, taken. I don't know how I missed it. It's called uh, Moyle Panamnen. Very, um, tucked away hill that not many people would find a reason to visit and um that just ruined my night I was I'd been so happy in that sat in the bath in the hotel room and and then I just thought what am I going to do now how am I going to get how am I going to carry on from here I mean do I leave it and just ignore it do I leave it and not tell anyone that I'd skipped it but then I I thought well it's always going to be in the back of my mind that I didn't really complete the challenge that I wanted to complete so then I just what I worked out was that I could, I would rejig my route over the next few days and cut back about two or three days later to bag that summit. And it still ended up being a day extra onto my run, but um, I didn't have to retrace my steps. I I don't think I could have retraced my steps to to bag it. So it didn't turn out to be too much of a disaster in the end. Um, Again, though, I think it kind of, that boils down to the whole, um, whole way of dealing with things where when there is a bit of a crisis you you don't panic you just think about things and plan and focus and uh, work out a solution in as pragmatic a way as possible yeah it was quite a good metaphor isn't it you don't just stop dead you don't just go right give up i can't do it you 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 looked at your map again and you rerouted it and the, i like that you didn't even reroute it straight away almost like you didn't panic and head back on yourself straight away it's like I can do this. I'll just come back later, and I'll I'll, I'll bag it then. And you, 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 I guess you saved time doing that. Do you think you would have added? You would probably would have added more time if you. I think I added. I th- uh, well, retracing my steps would have added a day, definitely. Um, and but also in the end, I, I it it pretty much did add on, add on an extra day. But it kind of felt like it was still part of my route by that point because I wasn't retracing my steps. Yeah. What was the most important thing you learned on this challenge? 
and it could have been something external or maybe did you learn anything internal about yourself physically i definitely learned something i beforehand i never would have thought i mean right before undertaking the challenge i would i just did not expect to be able to finish it and if you asked me 10 years if you told me 10 years ago that i'd be running every single mountain in wales then i'd think it was just completely outrageous so my body really surprised me um my level of endurance really surprised me and the ability to just for my body to heal as i went was it was quite remarkable um something that's quite good good to know about myself um kind of in terms of psychology um i i, I guess yeah the, the determination was something i learned about myself um but also like we were talking about earlier that competitiveness and the single-mindedness that, that i had by the end of it where i just wasn't really enjoying myself but still wanted to complete this quite erroneous task quite a pointless task really <laughs> if, if you look at it, you could look at it like that um but now in hindsight i you know talk about type two fun and i do look back on it with fondness and and, and i'm very glad that i did it and yeah i did i did have a good time in the end yeah well i mean why did you do it then is is there what what what's the reason that you you get outdoors you're, you're testing your limits what do you get from this i know you do it for charity but there must be a reason why you're doing it well there's there's just there's no coincidence that everything i've done has been in wales i just because i just i i really do love the welsh landscape there's something about it for me um so just a big part of it is just seeing seeing wales i just think i just think we've got an amazing landscape and i just can't yeah can't get enough of it really um the other part of it um i guess is it's just a, a spirit of adventure it's that that feeling of exploration um that that's that's a big part of it for me i think just um, breaking away from kind of like the tedium of normal life and 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 doing something a bit different it's always um yeah it's always um been something that drives me on i completely agree with you i i personally think that it's it's deep within every man and woman is this this call to adventure um and i think i don't believe we're for one minute we're designed to sit at desks nine to five and do a job um and i i i honestly believe that's why there's perhaps such a, a mental health problem um in, in sort of the world today is because we're doing stuff we're not meant to be i think people are supposed to be outside running pushing their limits you know just being outside and being active but they're not <laughs> chained to desks um in little cubicles in office blocks um so i completely get it and and you're you're answering that call by doing this you're going out and you're fulfilling that need uh within you you did it for charity right and it was was it the mind over mountains yeah um i'd never heard of this charity can you explain a bit about that yeah, not too many people know about it because it's quite young and quite, it's quite new um, and quite small. But it's an incredible organisation and the people who run it are absolutely brilliant. Uh, so it's basically a, um, it's a, a mental health charity that provides kind of fulfilling outdoor experiences for people who are going through periods where they're struggling with their well-being. So they take people out to um, the, the mountains of the UK and to nature in general and give them an experience somewhere that they wouldn't normally have access to and perhaps wouldn't even be aware of the difference it can make to them um so they take them on hikes and uh, go up mountains and along the way they have um they have people uh, counselors along the way to to chat with people and um they provide people other people who are going through the same kind of experience as well getting everyone together to chat things through um and they're doing incredible things and genuinely saving lives and i can just see it being a charity that's gonna be absolutely massive it just is making such a, a big difference and um it seems so obvious doesn't it helping people to get out into nature to in order to help solve this mental health crisis that we've got going on and they're right at the forefront of, of kind of facilitating the change there 
that sounds fantastic to be fair it's a lot what it sounds a lot like what we're doing here at rockman we like our whole mission statement is to encourage people to get outside and push their limits and we're trying to build a community where people can talk it's all about we do it to build resilience because we believe that resilience is the key to mental well-being and happiness um what's your understanding of mental resilience and sort of where do you feel that physical resilience stops and mental resilience begins or is it one and the same oh god i think i'd, I'd say they're one of the same basically um it's amazing what you can achieve with just deter, you know dogged determination i think um you'd actually be amazed when i'm sure you know yourself just how far you can get with the right mindset and th thinking positively. I think that's absolutely crucial. Um, and I guess that applies to my challenge where I pretty much, pretty much had an injury where most people would, would just stop. And I probably would have been sensible to stop on that second day, but somehow had the drive to, to carry on. Um, yeah, I think it's all blurred. I really can't say which one takes precedent. Mm. Well, how, how much do you feel that resilience is important in life as well? So outside of challenge, like how, how important do you feel it is in maintaining well-being and, and maintaining happiness? And... The, the most satisfied I've, I think I've felt in recent years was actually at the end of an ultra marathon um i ran it's the, the the only one i've the only organized ultra i've done um it was the veil ultra from um panath to ogmore along the south wales coast and it was 30 miles or something like that and i just by the end of it i felt absolutely rough completely knackered but really really satisfied and th there was this kind of like glow that lasted for days afterwards or I just felt like I'd done something worthwhile, just worthwhile for myself. And um, that kind of, that's always stuck with me, that the feeling after that. And I think it probably was what, what moved me from going from walking to running, just that, um, what kind of pushing yourself a little bit, what, what that can bring. That's that extra, extra level of uh, <laughs> toughness to add to the mix, isn't it? Up, yeah. up the speed yeah just a, a, a just satisfaction it's it's funny and i think a lot of people like you were saying maybe don't realize that and they look at ultra runners covering these crazy distances and think what why are they doing that but it is that satisfaction at the end of it that's what it what it's all about it's not about a medal or anything like that or um impressing your friends and for some people it is but i think a lot of ultra runners it is that that sense of achievement at the end of it that it, within yourself yeah no totally i mean i i find it's like a it's a journey of self-discovery and i've always said that you don't get to meet this version of yourself put under immense amounts of uh stress pressure when they're exhausted you know you don't meet that guy that day to day because we're, we're in this comfortable western life you know and it's an opportunity to meet that person and see their true strength and um, I don't know if you know, I did a challenge uh, two weeks ago now. Um, we did 10 ascents and descents of Penavan in 24 hours in the middle of winter with snow. And it was, it was crazy. Like, I, I think once we got to the fourth, it's like, it, it wasn't a question of strength. It wasn't a question of fitness. We were completely exhausted. You know, we were running on fumes and we still had six to go, which equals... 15 hours you know like out, out on the mountain but it's that satisfaction you're quite right that we hated it at the time but once you once we were, it was over that satisfaction that happiness it did last for days it's still lasting now i can't you, you sort of you're so proud of yourself um of what you've done would you say that's similar to you it's like an opportunity to meet this person within yeah i think so and it, it, that also makes me think of um just why ultra events are so inspiring because you're seeing these other people go through those things and these other people kind of like opening up a little bit and um, 
because you know everyone is so supportive on of an ultra on an ultra marathon everyone helps each other along um so in a way it kind of like brings out the best in people doesn't it that that mm. uh, when you when you're getting to that that point in in a challenge when you've really pushed yourself it's takes you to a whole new level it's a real battle and it, and it, it completely is a physical and mental battle whereas i suppose like shorter distances it, it's made mostly i suppose all about the physical i suppose that's why they're ultras that's why they go on for hours because it takes a long time for you to wear yourself down completely <laughs> to get to the the real core of who you are it takes that long it takes hours um but you're quite right you're quite right um what what's the future hold for will Funnily What's enough, on the horizon? For, uh, something on the very near horizon, um, kind of unfortunately. Uh, I, like I was saying, I kind of learned something about myself on, on that run and about my kind of, um, I guess, endurance and running ability. So I, I've decided to, to actually try and take on some more organised races and, and see how I get on with them. So on Sunday, which um, at the time we're speaking is just in what two two less than two days time mm. um i'm running from brecon to cardiff on the um on the brecon run what run what crawl ultra um so that's going to be 72 kilometers something like that uh, but you might have seen in the news today there's been a red alert for the for a storm coming in um tomorrow and they haven't called the race off yet, so it's uh, <laughs> it's going to bring horrible flashbacks to Snowdonia a few months ago. Oh, sure. me, well, I yeah, I can imagine. Well, I, <laughs> I saw the, the the report today. They were talking about hundred mile an hour winds. Yeah. Um, so yeah, flashbacks are. I mean, I've been up a few places where with sixty mile sixty mile an hour winds, and that was enough to blow me over a couple of times. So imagine it. <laughs> be careful what you're wearing. Don't wear one of those bloody big jackets that fill out. You know, yeah blown across the the fields i'll trim my backpack straps as well that's probably the yeah. thing yeah well i think the storm is supposed to have passed by saturday but you may have a few trees in the way i'd imagine i know yeah um, fingers crossed that's not what cancels the race in the end because that would be a bit disappointing yeah but um yeah so that that's on the immediate horizon um and in terms of beyond that do you know what i um just happy to rest up after that Wales run and not think about anything too big because I, I kind of do feel like that's the biggest and hardest thing I'm going to do in my life. And I'm, I'm quite happy with that. Um, yeah. It, I think it would be quite reckless of me to want to do something bigger and better. I think um, it leads you down a different, different, quite a dangerous path. If you, if that's your mindset where you just want to go bigger and bigger all the time. So no, I'm quite happy to just have that in the bag and um, and dine out on it for the rest of my life, I think. Yeah, well, it's quite funny because like um, that is usually the logical next step, isn't it? You've got to up the ante in some way um, and do it. You went too big too soon, maybe. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Should have worked my way up to it. I, I don't know. I say that yeah. and do you know what? There's probably something will come into my head in uh, maybe weeks or months or something and I'll and I'll get another crazy idea. But at the moment, I'm just thinking I'm I'm going to lead a quiet life from here on in. I don't believe you. <laughs> I don't believe you. I know what happens. Like, it's all about, um, it's what excites you, isn't it? And if you see something that excites you and you're like, ooh, I wouldn't mind a piece of that. You're going to do it. You're going to get on it. You're going to do it. Have you got any, like, you? do you have any ideas of any personal challenges in future? Or, or is it, or um that's it for now you're not thinking about it well do you know what i've got a wedding we we've got a wedding to plan so that is a big personal the, challenge that's that's the big personal challenge to, to get you over can't do that life. one simple no i know this could be the hardest challenge of my life so far yeah um, when, when's that book for uh we're hoping next summer yeah all going well but at the moment we've done very very little planning so there's a big mountain to climb there i think metaphorically yeah, yeah. <laughs> no pun intended. And finally, I just one quick question. Like, so if, if someone wanted to get, if someone wanted to do a personal challenge, I mean, there's a lot of organized races that people can sign up and do. That's easy enough. But if someone was excited by a personal challenge, if someone wanted to take your record off you, what, how, how do they start? What, what would you, what would your best advice be? 
Um, make, just focus on having fun, I think, and um, really kind of stay true to that spirit spirit of, of, of adventure. And that's always been a big part of what I do. Um, when I when I go for a run, I don't I don't kind of use Strava and I don't have a watch or whatever. I, I run, I go out and run to enjoy myself and I'll go for as, as far as I feel like I need to go. Um, and it's the same with my walking and, and camping and whatever. I, I can get just as much from a Friday night camped out in the Bracken Beacons as I would from a, a week long trek walking the Pembrokeshire coast or something. It's um, just that sense of adventure, just try and seek it out. And um, in, in no matter what size you're, you're getting it, I think, um, yeah, I think that, yeah, I guess that's, that's my advice really. And I think what you've proved with your challenges is that it doesn't cost a lot and you don't have to travel far. It's on your doorstep. These places are on your doorstep. It's just people, they usually stick to the trodden path, don't they? And if they just went off, adventure awaits them, I guess. I think that's the beauty of living in the UK and especially Wales. Um, just how accessible our wild places are and um, the path network we've got, all thanks to the Ramblers, is just second to none. If you go even over to Ireland or France or whatever, you realise that you want to kind of walk up a, a hill that looks quite alluring. A lot of the time you can't, there's no access. Whereas we, we have this right to roam basically all over the country. Um, so our path network, we're so lucky to have it. And I think, um, yeah, you can have an adventure anywhere in the UK and it's, um, yeah, you don't need all the fancy equipment or whatever. I started out, like I said, on the office dike with, with, very very basic stuff and um still just got a kick from it just going out and doing something different it's um you'd be amazed at how you feel afterwards and like we're saying going back to that sense of satisfaction just stepping out of the of normal life doing something different you um yeah you can't underestimate the the effect that can have on you yeah totally i mean as you said that there's a charity that's built a well they've built a whole charity around that concept that mind over mountains yeah i think the you were saying the the what the ramblers have done for parks is fantastic in the uk but i think the second most important um part of our national parks and um, outdoors places is the circuitry of lovely pubs we have as well exactly exactly yeah. the honorable I, I, and i've been working my way through all of them as well no, that, surely that's the next challenge. You've got to go to every pub in Wales or something. The, the longest pub crawl in Wales, yeah. I, yeah. I, okay, yeah. I, I'm, an idea is starting to form now. There yeah. we are. It's excited you. It's excited <laughs> Well, Will, thank you very much for your time. I know you've got to go. Um, it's been a really pleasure to talk to you. If people want to find you, if they want to follow you, um, where can they find you? Um, have a look on outdoorsmagic.com. So that's, that's my day job, basically. Um, and we're posting articles every day and outdoor inspiration, gear advice, that kind of stuff. Um, so yeah, head to outdoorsmagic.com and you'll come across, if you're unlucky, you'll come across the YouTube, my YouTube channel via that. There's a YouTube channel. Okay, I'll, I'll take a look at that afterwards as well. Yeah. Do, do you have an Instagram? Yeah, it's uh, at will underscore Renwick. Um, and I think there's an underscore at the end. So if you just go on Instagram and look at Will Renwick, you'll, you'll find me there. Well, I'll put the links in the... Uh, show notes below us as well so people can click on it oh, but awesome. thank you very much will and we will speak soon thanks very much for having me